0: This is Pastor Mike from Jordan Lutheran Church, and you're about to hear one of our Sunday morning messages. At Jordan, we're passionate about learning from the Bible, and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, as you just heard me sharing with the kids, Daniel's a book filled with stories uh, that you know. And for some of you, reading Daniel was finally a book with things I've heard. Because when you've been reading the Bible, you've discovered there's a lot of books that you've done what? Not read before. You've probably not spent a lot of time in them. You didn't wake up prior to reading it a few weeks ago, boy, this is the day I'm reading Lamentations. Like, that just isn't, that isn't something that's like a groundswell that comes up uh, in the lives of so many of us. Now, As we start out, we get uh, a couple stories that you're familiar with. You start out with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, As I was going through Bible class earlier this morning, I I had kind of quizzed, and I want to ask you, could you name their names uh, prior to being given Babylonian names? Could you off the top of your head name uh, those three? You say, well, I can now because I read it. Okay, well, what happens as we move forward from this story is interesting because as we think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, The story often kind of moves us towards a couple things. How hot's the furnace? And then the other one that comes up is, who's the fourth man? Because we kind of focus on, man, the furnace gets super hot. There's a fourth man that's there. But I don't want us to really focus there as we spend time this morning. I want us to go somewhere else. I want us to recall that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, has set up this image, a graven image that he's made, Uh, And they're supposed to worship it. And this is how the encounter between the king and those men uh, goes forth. As the king asks them why it is that they're not worshiping. I just want to start. This is chapter 3 of Daniel, verse 16. I'm going to begin it, and then I'll I'll share with you the rest of the reading. But just listen in as we begin. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Now, a couple of you are like, wait a second, I just said that. I know I intentionally had you say at the start of the service so at least the seed would be planted. And then they said, I'm not going to answer you. And then the text goes forward. We're not going to answer, if this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. Because Nebuchadnezzar said, hey, your God can do all this stuff. You know, what's your answer? They said, we're not going to answer you. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Again, I said many times we focus on the heat, how many times the furnace is set, the fact that some people even, as they set it, how many times hotter? Yeah, seven times hotter than normal. Uh, So that even the people who go take them into the furnace actually, actually die, it's that hot. And we get focused on that. And we say, hey, there's a fourth person. Who's the fourth person? That's not where I want you to focus right now. I want you to focus on something else. But if not, just that phrase, but if not. Short little phrase, but if not. Three words. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are acknowledging it's possible God may let them die. We don't normally focus on that part. We just focus on, man, they're they're there, they're good, things kind of move forward in their lives. But instead, the reading actually says, he will deliver us out of your hand. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? He will deliver us out of your hand. Where is the deliverance, though? Because they say it may not actually be from the fire. They're talking about being delivered actually into God's hand. They have a comfort realizing if God has them in the midst of this fire, in the midst of this furnace, they're actually safe today. And they're not going to turn from their confession. They're not going to worship a graven image, even if it means death. Most of us do not regularly face this challenge. And I don't know what most of us would do if it was faced to us right now. I mean, it's, it's something so far into us to imagine that if we were to somehow leave the theater and when we go out, there would be armed guards waiting for each of you to say, do you believe Jesus is Lord? And if so, they would just kill you right on the spot. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, well, God can deliver us, and he will. But if not, we're still not worshiping you. Still not doing that. Still not going to bow down to anything other than God. See, sometimes the Lord doesn't save Believers from earthly death. This is a, a troubling point uh, for some in the Old Testament because they hear lots of death. They hear lots of challenge. They hear, they hear concerns. So think to a couple of things that have unfolded. Here we are uh, in the period of, of 605 to 536 B.C. That's Daniel. But in 722 when Samaria Falls, guess what happens to a lot of people in Israel? You probably should know this capital conquered, another country takes over, lots of people, lots of of people die. When Jerusalem falls in 587, lots of people die. So where's God? Where's the protection? How could this be good news? I mean, pastor, we're supposed to come on Sunday, it's supposed to be good news, you're supposed to kind of pick us up if we've had a down week. This doesn't sound all that great. So is it right then to ask, what's going on? I mean, if God promises us all these things, all this joy right now, it just seems like it's not going to happen. Well, it's right to ask. It's right to ask, what kind of healing is God, the God we worship, going to give to us? As we were going through confirmation, uh, it, it was, again, a, another interesting uh, book to deal with him as we were looking at this idea of pain and strife on confirmation day but one of my goals is how is it at the end of a worship service do you actually leave going god's word touched me today and it has advice for me so here's daniel and most of you will not be in a fiery furnace today you will not be thrown into a a den of lions you will likely not see handwriting on the wall that says many many tekel parson that's probably not going to happen you're not going to see a hand write that. You're not probably going to have visions of Babylon and its restorations. So what's Daniel saying to you? Well, that's where I want us to dig a whole lot deeper in looking to what's going on. It's asking the question, what's it say? Well, I would suggest to you Daniel's filled with practical advice about how you live in a world that's going 1,000 miles a minute. See, Daniel is an Israelite by birth. It's actually born into God's people, but then exiled. But it's practical advice to show you don't lose your confession and faith, even if the world's pressing you to do so. So you may not have a king who comes up to you and says, you're going to worship my image? But there are lots of other things that ask you to push God to the side. There's lots of things that will unfold. What about the lion's den? We mentioned it. But in Daniel's account there in 6, you get another piece of practical advice. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what was the advice we take from the fiery furnace? God's got you. And he may save your life. He may not. But he will save you unto eternity. That's hard, though. What do you do to the person who's there in the hospital bed, and they say, boy, I just want to go home. And they don't ever return to their house. Well, remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What did they say? God will deliver them. And that person in their bed will be delivered. They will be restored. See, that's why we profess a hope in what? The resurrection of the body. God's got better stuff coming. Well, here we are on the den of lions, but we're not there yet because Daniel's got to find himself first in the den. So they crack up this whole thing that is the satraps and other rulers who don't like Daniel's rising in power. You ever known a leader that doesn't like other leaders rising in power? Anyone? You ever hear someone who loses an office or position, they don't like the person that follows? Well, then you've read the book of Daniel. So Daniel's the new guy on the street for some, and he's doing things differently. So much so that they decide, we'll make a law that now makes what he's doing illegal. Hmm interesting well daniel who's a guy who said i'm going to worship god and pray to him all the time and keep the line of communication open interesting thing in our small groups that we one thing we brought up this past week daniel is one person in the bible against whom nothing negative is spoken nothing It's rare it's rare to have someone nothing negative is spoken so here we have daniel and after the document signed that says, you can't pray to anyone, which is interesting, the injunction actually says, you can't pray to anyone for just how long? Anyone recall? 30 days. I mean, it's a complete trap. They're not trying to stop people from praying to other guys, like, but just for 30 days. And they knew, everyone else would be like, uh, yeah, I could stop praying for 30 days, cool, not a problem. Daniel can't. It's so much who he, he can't. It was uniquely set for Daniel. It was going to get their guy. When Daniel knew the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in the upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel, making petition and plea before his God. Daniel refused, even in the face of persecution stop. I'm going to communicate with God. I'm going to make sure that I will still pray to God even when the world says I can't because that God is the one who delivered my friends from a fiery furnace. That God is the one who has guarded me even though I'm in exile, even though I've lost my home in Jerusalem, I've lost my career, I've lost everything I thought I had, and now yes, it's restored here, but I, I lost it. Some of you might feel, I mean, I, I mean it's not common. We don't like saying it. For some of you, North Carolina is, I mean, we shouldn't say this because it's the peak of good living, but for some of you, being in North Carolina is what? You can say it. It's exile. It's weird. It's not life the way you knew it, It's not how you grew up. The people are different, or the people are just from all types of different places, and they don't serve the food that you like. They don't talk the way you like, or they talk like 5,000 different people because everyone's from different places. It's just not where you grew up. Daniel's in that same place. He's been exiled, dropped into a new place, and wonders what's going to happen. Where is he going to go? So where does this lead us? Where do we go then from a fiery furnace to a den of lions? We go to Daniel 7. Because in Daniel 7, we get the connecting piece for the entire book. And by entire book, I don't just mean Daniel. Daniel 7 is a connecting piece to the entirety of Scripture that helps us understand how do we go about daily living. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. Now, some of you are living in last week, and I know it, because 93 times in the book of Ezekiel, that phrase son of man was spoken Ninety-three times, but here we get something different, and we're going to let Scripture interpret Scripture for us. So we want to find out who's this Son of Man. In Ezekiel, it was used ninety-three times to remind us that Ezekiel is a Son of Man. He wasn't God. He wasn't an angel. To remind him of his place. But here, there's something different about it, and we'll watch because of what's ascribed to this Son of Man, what is given to him. Speaking again, Daniel seven thirteen and fourteen. I saw in the night visions. And behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like the Son of the Man, and he came to the ancient of days. Now, is that a cool name or what? I'm serious. Like that is an awesome image of God, the ancient of days, the one who is fixed, who is set, who, so when you think of a day, is already ancient. I mean an interesting you think of like, hey, it's a new day, but this guy's ancient. I mean, outside of time, he comes to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him, that is, to this Son of Man, to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. Dominion, glory, and a kingdom. That all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. That his dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. Now, we're going to let Scripture interpret Scripture for us a little bit and kind of think about how we use this. And we're going to go to Matthew to do it. But along the way to Matthew, I want to make a first pit stop at the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. Now, you guys probably know this one by heart, so you don't even have to turn to it. Because Matthew 6, 9 to 13 is what? Yeah, it's the Beatitudes. And specifically in Matthew 6, 9 to 13, and trust me, you guys, you're like, I don't know verses and chapters, pastor. You know this one. It's the what? the lord's prayer now to the lord's prayer we add a doxology that is an affirmation and what do we add at the end for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory which sounds a whole lot like what sounds a whole lot like daniel 7 if you wonder where do we come up with that you know if you've ever done like well it's not there it's not in verse 14 of matthew chapter 6 pastor the prayer ends it deliver us from evil I know, the doxology reminds you, why is it that we pray to Jesus? Why is it that he's your intermediary? Why is it that we would refuse to stop, even at penalty of death, even at uh, this 30 days of pray to no one else, why is it Daniel prays? Because he knows this. He knows that Jesus has been given all power and glory and dominion. No one else. No king, no Nebuchadnezzar, no Balthazar, no anyone. This is the only one. That's the intermediary. And he was given the power by who? The Ancient of Days. Now, some of you say, okay, that sounds nice. That's a nice little theological thing you're doing there, Pastor. I like it. But it's not clear enough for me, because all you did was take the Lord's Prayer and add this phrase that isn't in the Scriptures, and you said it was from Daniel 7. Okay, I'm comfortable with that. But now I want to take you to Matthew 26. And as I take you to Matthew 26, I want you to be drawn back into the courtroom questions of Jesus as he is being offered up. And they are asking him, are you the Christ? Are you the one? Are you Messiah? And in the midst of the questions, are you the Christ? Listen to how Jesus answers those who are prosecuting him. Jesus said to him, you have said so, but I tell you from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. In one of those great moments of Scripture interpreting Scripture, Jesus in his own trial says, you want to know who I am? Read Daniel 7. You want to know who I am? You want to know if I'm the Christ? You want to know if I'm the promised Messiah? You want to know if I have all power and glory and dominion? Then read there, because I am the Son of Man, and he is. He is the one who comes as the son of man. Like you and I, he is fully flesh. But unlike you and I, he is fully God. So that in his sacrifice, in his death, he brings something no one else could do. He brings peace in his wake. That's why as I was speaking to the kids this morning and sharing with them a week in the life of the church, that Daniel tells them at the end of the book, go your way till the end. Because from Daniel 7, chapter 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, there's lots of visions that can kind of scare people. And they're like, ah, beasts and craziness and concerns and seas and turmoil, and I'm lost. And pastor, I really hope that you were just going to unpack all that stuff for me. We can another day. I'm not saying we won't. But what I want you to have unpacked today as we're reading through the scriptures in a year is don't be worried about any of the visions and concerns. Because the Ancient of Days has given to the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, all power and glory and dominion so that you have someone who will mediate between you and the Ancient of Days at this hour and at this moment so that you can go your way till the end. So whatever is happening in your life, and boy, this book's filled with a thousand different things that the church body did in one day, from people playing instruments to visitation to work. There was one person who was visiting... uh, Someone at their office in Washington, D.C. I know people even do that. People actually go to that city. And they survive. Isn't that crazy? I know you're all like, where's he going? No, they come back from that place. But go your way. See, God's got unique things for you. In a few moments, we're going to send some of our youth and adults to serve an event. How many of you are not going to serve an event this week? Get excited! It's okay to get excited about. It. I'm not. God's got stuff for you. Don't when we commission this group think, oh, man, I don't do stuff anymore. I don't. No, 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 no. You got it all wrong. Daniel told people, go do your thing. How many of you have a job? How many of you have stuff you do? How many of you have stuff you do and you don't get paid for? How many of you think the stuff you don't get paid for is? harder and more busy and takes more time than stuff you get paid see my point is that's the go your way stuff that's what Daniel's encouraging you to do Daniel's not saying just make your boss happy Daniel's saying go do everything you can and God's got your back go your way and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. God has already marked your name in the book of life you are a baptized child of God on whom his righteousness rests this hour you have nothing to fear Not a den of lions, not a fiery furnace, not a handwriting on the wall, not a vision of beasts and dragons and other concerns, none of that. None of those things concern you because you are God's child in Christ at this hour. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person on behalf of everyone at Jordan. We hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior Jesus Christ every Sunday morning at 930 at Beaver Creek Cinema's In the peak of good living, Apex, North Carolina.